All right. Have you ever wondered if you are in an abusive relationship or if you're an abuser? What's up, Recovery Warriors? Have you seen our Patreon site yet? If not, you need to go check it out. As you know, here on the podcast, you get this content for free. But over on Patreon, it gives us the opportunity to give you more interaction with us so that we can help you more in depth. So while you're listening right now, go over, hop on Patreon. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And type in the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert, and you'll find us there. Or you can click on the show notes um, to the link over to Patreon. There's next level tools and resources there. So we hope to see you over there. Now let's get on with the show. We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. All right, guys. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you. And we're going to start with a review. And the subject of this review is life-changing. It says, this podcast has been life-changing for my husband and I. We have learned so much from the content you've shared and are implementing the information into our day-to-day lives. Brannon, you truly are a phenomenal therapist. I have been to therapists on and off throughout the years, yet I have learned more helpful information and tools from you just by listening to your podcast. Ashlyn and Kobe, your honesty and vulnerability in your story is so appreciated. It has helped me and I'm sure others realize that there are many parts of this journey and it helps me to feel less stuck in the recovery process. It offers great hope and healing When I am having a triggering day, I will put on a podcast to help ground me. I'm so incredibly grateful to have this resource going through this. I cannot thank you enough. You know, that's that I, that's a tremendous, uh, review. We're we're super thankful for that. I, I just so appreciate the fact that she articulated that well, number one, that she receives hints and helps from first off the legend. (laughs) <laughs> and but but then also from Ashlyn and I, um, and not in, not in a way that's that's not like look how cool we are. But the point is is like that's what what she's sharing is is that's exactly what we're trying to help people have is um, I don't know tips and tricks so they can have hope, and and she's she's finding hope especially in those triggering moments, and she puts on the podcast and she finds some hope and she can get more grounded. And to me, this is exactly why we do this. I, I, I read this and I'm like, man, I wish that we, <laughs> I wish that we would have had this to model recovery. I wish we had someone that we could have listened to when we were starting so that they could model oh. recovery for us. Yeah. Same into that. Yeah. So that was generous and it was very kind. And yeah. thank you. Yeah. We're very grateful for that. Okay. So, um, what is abuse and how does abuse relate to addiction? Um, in a, in a, in a relationship, um, how do you know if you're in an abusive relationship or not? And, and to what level is it an abusive relationship? So to start, I just want to read some definitions of abuse and you can see how, um, how addiction really starts to play into abuse. Um, but what we want to do today is clarify what abuse really is. I think it's important to be able to define it correctly um, to know how to handle it, know what to do with it when it's there. Okay, so abuse, um, to use 
something to bad effect or for a bad purpose. Um, two, to treat a person with cruelty or violence, especially regularly or repeatedly. Um, another one is the improper use of something. So if you, if you look at that as the definition of abuse, um, if you get into a relationship, there's friction in relationships. Um, there's tension, there's problems. Uh, the nature of any relationship is that there's, there's stress and there's work. Um, but it crosses over into an abusive relationship when that other person doesn't become a person, they, bec they become an object. And um, the abuser will do whatever to them to meet their selfish needs, right? So um, we, how this, am I making sense, you guys? Yeah, keep yeah. talking. Okay. Keep rolling. So, you, so with addiction, you bring in the behaviors of an addict, it can look a lot like abuse, and it can be very abusive. Um, so when they're in denial and they're manipulating, they're, they're trying to coerce, trying to control, trying to force their partner to do certain things so that they can maintain their addiction but also stay in a relationship, um, they, they force their partner into the relationship. So um, that, that force is them being abusive, okay? So, but there's a difference, and this is what I want you to understand, there's a difference between conflict there's a difference between friction in a relationship and abuse. And so if you're always saying, you're abusing me, you're abusing me, but they're not, um, it's hard to work with that in the relationship because where do you go with that? So right. you're saying there's friction, conflict, and abuse. Is that, is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, there's a difference. Okay. Can, can you give us an example of what one would sound or look like? like yeah. So... Um, Let's see. Let me think of a, a, a conflict. Let, well, let, let me give you this. So um, there's such a thing called the abuse cycle. Okay. okay. Um, and you can Google it. You can find it. Um, there's four stages to the abuse cycle. So what happens is tensions build. There's resentment there. Um, you know, who knows what the resentment's about? Maybe it's about stress at work or issues with the kids or the in-laws or whatever it is. Add all those together. Tensions build. Then, then there's an incident. The abuser loses his temper. His or um, her. Or her temper, yeah. Um, the abuser um, acts out in, in a way that they're just reacting. And um, they do things either violently or they do things passive-aggressively that um, are about misusing the partner, controlling the partner, forcing the partner, hurting the partner, mm. right? So there's that incident that comes um, and it's intense and it's horrible, okay? After that, what usually happens, this is where it gets really confusing, is there's a reconciliation period. So the, the abuser oftentimes will get very apologetic, um, very sorry, or tr try to make up for it by being really nice. And so the person who was abused will come back and say, well, it was just this one-time thing, and look, they're actually a good person. And, and so then you go back to this calm status quo state where things are okay for a while. And then the tensions build again, and the violence happens, the extreme passive aggressiveness happens, the force and the control happens, okay? And, and, and it blows up, and then you go through the cycle again and again. Um, now, 
that's the abuse cycle. What's not abusive is this. I have tension. I have resentment toward my spouse, let's say. So I need to talk to her about something. So I go to her honestly and openly and I, t- I communicate with her. And let's say she really doesn't like what I have to say, but I'm being authentic with who I am. Um, I'm trying to be as loving as I can be, but let's say she, it just triggers her. She can't stand it. it. It bothers her so much. Am I being abusive? No. I'm not being abusive. Why? So what's the difference between the, the cycle of abuse and what I just described? It sounds like force. Yeah, that's it. Like you have to either listen or agree or my way's the way. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. There's like compulsion in it. There's someone's being uh, forcefully compelled, maybe co- forcefully coerced. And yeah, maybe I'm thinking of some people I know in my life who have like, I know I'm in an abusive relationship. Like they understand that they are in this cycle of abuse right. and it's scary for them. And it's um, for many, it's not physical, right? It's this emotional and verbal abuse that they just cycle and cycle through. Well, uh, so a spouse of an addict, whether it's sex addiction or uh, alcohol or whatever, um, will will f- be abused, will feel abused oftentimes. And this is why um, the, the manipulation that starts to take place that's subtle, it's like low-grade abuse yeah. at first, um, sets up this crazy-making. The, the gaslighting sets up this crazy-making. And, and it's over time, he or she is forced into um, complying out of fear in the relationship. And so there's massive amounts of resentment. There's massive amounts of loss of self in that relationship. And there's a feeling or an inability to, to, to be real and to get out of that relationship. So you don't have an option. You're just stuck in it. And, um, the, the addict Mm. intentionally might be doing it, but might be subconsciously setting that up in his relationship because he's got he's to gotta set that up so that he can keep his addiction going while he keeps her kind of spinning out or in crazy making. Um, and so he's forcefully trying to get her um, to act in a certain way so that he can keep both his addiction and um, his marriage at the same time. Right? Now, if she were, if she were healthy and boundaried... In a, in a healthily boundaried way, not in an abusive, controlling way back to him, then she wouldn't tolerate that abuse, and it would put, that, put it back on him, and he'd have to say, oh my gosh, she's not going to let me abuse her. Um, if I can't do that, then I don't know if I can keep my addiction, and it puts him back in this state of a r- real struggle um, if he's ambivalent in his recovery of what does he really want, Okay, so question here, Brandon, because I'm thinking of some of my friends who their husbands uh, aren't acting out in addiction, right? They're they're trying to work recovery and trying to learn new skills. Okay. They're not there yet, right? So they're still getting stuck in that abuse cycle. And so there's, it's a lot of that love, hate, Uh right? From the betrayed of, okay, I've seen that you can make change and yet it's not happening in this place. Right. And so there's a lot of fear of like, should I leave? Yeah. And should I be this boundaried person that you're describing when I've seen him make these, it's this, I feel like it's a really conflicting. 
Well, so, so so it's not so black and white and or all or nothing. So I think there's certain lines that the abuser um, can cross where it is black and white. You know, if he if he does does certain things or she does certain things where it's like, look, I'm not going to stay married to you. Sorry. Like that broke a line. I'm out. Um, but you can, you know, this cycle, if it's gone on and on in your relationship, you can shift how you respond um, when that cycle goes on. And you don't have to say divorce is it if, if you go into it. But things are going to be different. Right. Things are going to change. You need to understand there is co- consequences to you going into this incident or this, this abusive cycle. And I'm not going to stand here in it with you. And so, yeah, I might move to my mom's for a few days. Um, I might ask you to leave. I might, I might, you know, re- require some therapy in order for me to be in a relationship with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, so, so that so that you can say things. Enough is enough. Things have to shift and things have to change. So it's not just sit back and tolerate the abuse cycle and and hope that it goes away. It's see it and do what's in your control around it without going all the way to, if you're abusive at all, I'm gone, mm. right? So now, Kobe, it looks like you're thinking hard. I'm, I'm <coughs> excuse me, I'm, I'm really thinking hard because um, I'm thinking about, gaslighting is like front and center for me. And so I'm thinking what other um, interactions like gaslighting exist that, are in the same category as gaslighting, but not considered abuse. Um, threatening. Like uh, ultimatums? Y- yeah, unhealthy ultimatums. So threats. Okay. So, and, and what I mean by that is they're, they're coming from a place of force and control, not pr- from a place of peace and power, mm-hmm. right? So because some, we've talked about this before, some boundaries really look like ultimatums, mm-hmm. but they can be healthy because you're just protecting who you really are. Yeah. If they're coming from a place of force and control, control. then yeah, yeah that, that's a threat. It's unhealthy. So it's like, I'm going to, the, the force part is, is full of coercion in effort to, I'm just kind of visually seeing this, uh, put someone in a corner where you have essentially control in some way or function um, of, of them in, in some part or parcel of their life right. in the relationship. Right. That could be like financially, yeah. right? Like I'm taking all of your, I give, I dispense cash to you, for example. Right. And you can't, you can't make any purchases. Yeah. That is, that's abusive. Okay. Yeah. Um, I control it all. I don't let you be you. Um, so I will, I will be the bank. And so control, yeah. it sounds like is like, a is like, Control and coercion, it sounds like, are major components of abuse and, and, and in a forceful way. Yeah. And, and the tricky part with addiction is, you know, in, to some sense, I'm not, I'm not defending abuse at all here, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, None of us are. Yeah. But, he, but in his addiction, he's going to denial um, just to cope with with his situation he's uh-huh. stuck between a few things so he goes into this denial state uh-huh. and um uh, you know he he starts setting up this relationship with this attachment disorder and with abuse involved mm-hmm. um 
in order to survive. And he doesn't really understand that he's doing it. He doesn't understand the level of gaslighting that, he, yeah. that he's doing, yeah. the level of coercion and manipulation. And, and neither does she as it, as it goes on. And then all of a sudden, the, the relationship can really hit a rock bottom. Or a horrible incident will happen where the, where the abuse goes even further, and and that's where um, that's where oftentimes um, nothing is done about it because now there's more fear, and so she feels more trapped, and he feels more shame. So he goes into his addiction cycle and feels more shame, and the those incidences just keep going and going. Okay, so I. This is like a super. This this whole topic is is really really interesting to me, because I think there's soup. There are really important distinctions that need to be made with this. Because in my head, I'm just thinking like, okay, is gaslighting abuse? If I and I used to gaslight you like all the time, um, Ashlyn. But I'm also thinking like, when I'm in shame, like is I'm just gonna ask you like a yes or no question. Is shame consider if i'm in shame is that considered abuse depends on what you're doing with it okay um and so my shame triggers okay okay are gonna be blame okay okay they're gonna be resentment and they're gonna be anger okay um <laughs> did i miss any others ashlyn so you so you move again yeah, and, and you move against your shame and you move away from your shame okay okay so that's what you do when you get triggered into your shame okay now moving against your shame could very uh, probably be abusive behaviors. Moving against your shame. Yeah, so that's attacking it. So if, if Ashlyn says something or does something that triggers your shame, mm -hmm. and you, you lash just, out, you lash out and okay. you get verbally abusive, right? Okay. Um, that's attack mode. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. That could be abusive behavior, right? Uh -huh. Verbal abuse. Yeah. Um, if, if you get aggressive in any way, violent, uh, obviously uh -huh. that can be abusive behavior. Sure. But, but it depends on what, it, being angry isn't abusive behavior. Having shame isn't you being an abuser. Mm -hmm. It's you regulating those emotions so that you can stay within your integrity in the relationship, right. not control the other person, and learn how to do your own self-care so that you can deal with your emotions as they come. If you're unloading on them and unloading on them and it's, it's forcing them to protect and, and do things in the relationship over and over again, then you're in an abusive relationship. Um, is, is there a component of um, w when two people are in this situation uh, and they go to their limbic system is there typically a role that each play where one is fight and the other is freeze or flight it depends on the the attachment styles of the individuals in the relationship oh interesting. so if you get two um anxious attachment people and two aggressors in a relationship yikes right because he'll he'll be attacking or she'll be attacking and how does how do they respond to that they attack back to each other okay and that escalates quickly and then the cops are called okay right? i mean it can really be go nuclear fast okay um but it's as equally as uh, destructive and destroying to the soul if you're that person who is avoidant and you don't want the conflict and the other person is is an attacker Mm -hmm. then you will take it on and you'll take it on and you'll take it on and you'll avoid and you'll isolate and you'll resent and you'll feel so 
dead inside and you'll feel so angry. Sounds and, like self-betrayal in some sense. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but but it's this conundrum that you get in, which is, okay, I, I don't want to betray myself anymore. I don't want to sacrifice myself. I don't want to let them do this to me anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm also scared for the safety of our kids. Mm-hmm. I might be scared for my, my own life um, if I actually stand up to this. So a natural response and reaction to, for somebody who's being abused is to, is to try to live in it, to try to stay in it. Um, because if they, if they push against it, they're, they're, they're afraid. Of, and so, of what? Of the escalation. Yeah, so fear starts ruling their life. And it's really, if you're in a, in a, in an extremely abusive relationship, it is hard to get out. Um, it's possible to get out, but it's hard to. And I think people who haven't been in those relationships don't understand, like friends and family will be like, what are you doing? Why, why are you staying? Why don't you? Mm-hmm. And, but they don't understand the level of fear that's there for the partner to say, for me to step out of this right now is, is terrifying. Um, I can sacrifice myself and I will sacrifice myself because I don't want anyone to get hurt, especially me, right? Or and, he, and the abuser can threaten suicide and all kinds of things to try to coerce and manipulate them back into the relationship. Um, so I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, is every, can every relationship that has addiction in it be abusive? You know, if, if we define abuse, I, I don't want to minimize abuse, but if we define abuse as, as being coerced or controlled or forced, I think every relationship to some degree probably has a little bit of abuse in it. Um, you then add in the wedge of addiction. Um, I, would, I would say, yeah. I would say if there's addiction there, there's probably some abuse there. Mm-hmm. Um, not probably. There's some abuse there. Um, yeah. So, so, so what do you do with that? Cause I'm looking at, you know, our past relationship and I wouldn't say like we were in an abusive relationship, but I can see what you're saying as we had probably moments where the behaviors were definitely force and right. control. Right. And so I can see it in both of us. And, and really Ashlyn, it's this cycle. Yeah. How, how frequent is that? How often does it go on? I think there's a difference between saying I'm in an abusive relationship and some abuse happened in my okay. relationship. I like mm, that. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing for the listeners to hear. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm going to just go ahead and, and pause real quick uh, because this is our hundredth episode. Which is as the crazy. Betrayed, the addicted <laughs> and the expert. And uh, it's no small thing, but we've been at it two and a half years. And um, so to celebrate Ash, what are we, we going to we, do? We want you guys to have an opportunity to talk with us. And so we're doing kind of this uh, giveaway um, where we are going to let you guys do one of, two, one of two things. Okay, So you may have already left a review over on iTunes. Um, if you haven't, we want you to go leave a review of the podcast. Um, there's another option. If you've already done that or you can't get on iTunes, go to shatteredtothriving.com and just leave your email. And that's going to get you on our email list, but it's also going to give you first access to our Shattered to Thriving workshop program that's coming out, which we just finished this super week. Super excited about that. And yeah, we're super excited. It's something that I'm like, everyone needs this. Yeah. It is different. And like our podcast, it's the, yeah. the three of us who are um, talking about 
really what we've been able to do and help others do. And it's tools and I mean it's a lot of content but it's also you know worksheets and tools yeah. and things that you you do to to move forward. Yeah. So. Okay, so if you go and do one of those things, leave us a review um, or give us your email over at shatteredtothriving.com. Uh, we're going to pick a winner. This is going through the next week. So what's today? It is May 24th. Fourth. It's my brother's birthday. And mm. so for the next week, we <laughs> we are going to um, go through. We're going to kind of uh, timestamp our reviews and the emails. We're going to pick uh, two winners. And those winners are going to get to enjoy the highest level of our membership over on Patreon, which is our online community. And what we do is um, each of us once a month do a group live Q&A. And so you'll get that call with Brandon, the call with Kobe, and a call with me. And it's a video conference, so you can see us. Um, you, we can see you if you want us to. You can also be anonymous if you don't want to see it. So um, it's kind of a big deal to have that option. You um, can ask whatever, whatever questions to us. And yeah. So... Yeah. So we're excited to um, help you guys a little bit more. So go and do that. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Okay. Thank you, Ashlyn, for explaining that. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to share this because yeah. you're describing these things and it makes me think of one of my, uh, one of my girls who I just love, who she, uh, she says when she got into recovery, she said she had bookshelves full of anger management books. Uh -huh. Because okay. she was like, I was so angry, right? Okay. And I thought my symptoms were, I'm just angry, like probably a lot of this abuse cycle going on, right? Okay. And then when she started to do the work, she realized this was the symptom of what was really happening here. And she's been able to really undo a lot of yeah. that and to move forward. And she gives back and she's um, become just a really um, inspirational woman who can, who's not in that cycle of abuse and who is not awesome. full of anger. Awesome. So I think that's a great point, Ashlyn, is, you know, you look at this cycle and, you know, you go from tensions building to the incident, to the reconciliation, to calmness. And, and the abuser thinks, I got to stop that. I'm never doing that again. I don't want to, I don't want to end my marriage. Like I, I got to stop that. If you want to stop it, then then it's not just a matter of recognizing this cycle and, and forcing yourself to stop it. Um, you have you have some bigger issues going on, some deeper stuff going on. Maybe there's some trauma that you need to work through. Maybe there's some tools for emotion regulation that you don't have and you were never taught, and so you don't you don't even know what they are because you've had abuse modeled to you by your parents. Um, dig deep. Look at what's underneath that to really ask yourself why would I why would I force somebody, control somebody, abuse somebody, and hurt somebody. I hope that as you listen to this, if you're the abuser, that, that you're hearing this, and you say to yourself, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do what it takes to, to not hurt somebody anymore in my life. Um, so that's an awesome story. I love how she... Um, was able to self-reflect. Oh, she's one of, she's super curious about why she shows up the way that she does. And she hasn't stopped educating herself. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Growth mindset. Growth mindset, self-reflection, looking within. That's your way out of being an abuser. And, and also getting in recovery so that you're not, you don't have those, those behaviors um, that, that are so manipulative and controlling. So it sounds like, again, I'm still trying to understand this. But it sounds like there is 
um, maybe one of the questions that people can ask to determine if they are in in an abusive relationship or if they have experienced abuse at some point in the relationship is to to ask, are are you regularly experiencing abusive behavior or have you just experienced randomly abusive behavior in your relationship? Would that be kind of a fair question to ask somebody? Sure. If they're regularly experiencing versus I've experienced. But it's also, it's that, it's the frequency. It's also the the uh, intensity okay. of the incident. Okay. So if I, you know, once in a while experiencing, experience my wife pulling a knife on me. Okay. Um, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, kind of a big deal, right, Ashlyn? Yeah. Um, so that doesn't have to happen regularly to be abusive is what you're saying. For, for me to say that incident of abuse was enough for, for me to really address this. Okay. This isn't something that I'm going to just say, oh, that was one incident that I can forgive you for. Right. right? Um, so you look at intensity, you look at frequency. Okay. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm not saying be okay with abuse mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call it out. Acknowledge for it. For sure. Um, and have boundaries around it. And you won't, you won't be abused if, if, you, if you stand up to it. But what you got to ask yourself is this is what level of fear is there around me standing up to it? Is, is, is my Ooh, life in good. danger? That's really good. And, and, and instead of going, you know, this, this probably won't happen to anyone who's listening who's in an abusive relationship, but don't do this. If, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I know I'm in an abusive relationship and I need out. Don't go home today to your partner and say, I'm out. Mm. Um, because that could be dangerous. Yeah. But what you need to do is go rally the troops actually get a support system make a safety plan um where you have places to go you have resources um there's there's hotlines and there's resources where you can you can get the steps to walk yourself out of an abusive relationship and so once you make that plan once you have that safety plan in place once you have that support system behind you and you know that you can create safety for yourself then you start stepping out of that abusive relationship. That's awesome. Okay, so let me ask a question. Um, I've, I've just started experiencing since, what, August of last year, mm-hmm. um, anxiety and some depression. Mostly anxiety, but there's been depressive episodes that have you know, hit me really hard. Okay. Um, and <laughs> with that has come some really interesting, um, I guess, thought processes in some way, right? So the question is, is can, can mental health be considered abuse? Um, is, are, are they the same? I mean, tell me what role mental health plays in this, in this arena. Because um, I might have, because of this onset of anxiety and depression, I mean, I might have thoughts that could be considered abuse or I might, you know, lash out or interact with Ashlyn in an abusive way. But when is it mental health? When is it abuse? What is that? What is mental health? What's the role that so that may let, play? Let me give kind of a scenario here. What if, what if my partner was extremely depressed uh-huh. and we kind of got in a fight or whatever, uh-huh. but she was extremely depressed and so she threatened suicide uh-huh. because she, she wanted to get her way in this argument that we had. Um, but she's threatening suicide not because... She's just wanting to get her way. She really is suicidal. She's feeling depressed. And um, so is she being abusive? No. 
kind of. Yeah, I was going to say, because it still, really? it kind of puts it on the other person. Talk about fear. Yeah. I, I, I have I a leave, lot of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I better give in and I better, you know, but, but if my partner's intention is just, I feel like garbage and I don't want to live anymore. Um, her intention isn't to control me. Um, but at the same time, it might control me. Right. Uh -huh. So I would, I would classify that as abuse. Um, it's, it, it, it's not her setting out to control me, but it is, I'm in an, I'm in a relationship that there's not safety, there's fear and there's control. Right. So did you have a comment? I mean, that's, that's was, happened to me. I know. I was thinking of, was it last August when you came yeah. to me? He came to me and it was the end of a day. Yeah. Um, my brother's birthday's today. He passed away nine years ago to suicide. And so I have obviously some stuff around right. suicide. And so when he came to me and he didn't threaten, but he said like, I just had the darkest moment where I wanted to go right. and do this. Yeah. And I went straight to fear. Right. I didn't show up for him in that moment right? because I was af like afraid for our family and for what could happen. I knew what, what suicide does. Right. Right. And, um, so that was an example of not, I don't, that was not abusive. He wasn't threatening. He really was in that dark place. And yeah. that's when we went to a doctor. Totally. <laughs> right. It's like, right. this is not normal. Okay. Here's another one. Um, uh, I've worked with some people like this. Um, partner has OCD and so high anxiety. Um, o OCD. Yeah. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay. So high anxiety, mental health, right? Okay. Um, he can't go in the house until he washes his hand, hands 10 times. He cannot go in their house. Okay. And so, and she, I mean, will fight tooth and nail to make sure that he washes his hands 10 times before he goes in their house. Okay. Okay. Abuse. She's telling him not to wash the hands? No, she's telling him, him that he has to oh. 10 times before he oh, can yeah, because it's forced has enter his own house. Compulsive she disorder. has obsessive okay. compulsive. Okay, not him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, force. Control. Yeah. But but where's that coming from for her? The fear, anxiety. Yeah, so it's it's not necessarily I want to control him just to kind of be it's able to control her him. Fear. She's controlling her own fear. She's in her own anxiety. She's acting out in that anxiety and and for good reason in her mind she's having him do that. She knows that she's crazy she knows that it's anxiety but she still needs but it him feels to, so real she still needs yeah. It, yeah she still needs him to do it um so even though it's about her own stuff she's still forcing him to do this thing now his part he, he can be boundaried here right Sh extremely hard mm -hmm. what what can he do if he doesn't want to be in an abusive relationship, he doesn't want to be in an abusive relationship. He doesn't want, and this is the same thing with the betrayed and, and the addicted. This happens all the time. The uh, addiction is a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and addiction's best friend is denial. And the consequences of addiction are attachment issues. And so, but it's still a mental health issue. So, Although it's a mental health issue, it affects the partner big time. Right. Right. So really, she she could step back and say, I have compassion for you, for your struggle, your mental health. Let's just look at it as a disease. That's all it is here. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take anything personally, whatever, um, if she could get there. Right. It still affects her life and it still is abusive to her 
when he forces her to do things out of fear in the relationship because he has an addiction. Mm-hmm. You guys yeah. following me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you, you didn't answer the question. What can the person do on the other side in that moment? Yeah. The OCD so, moment. So this is, this is back to our boundaries discussion to be authentic. Um, he's got, he's got to check in with himself. What are his truths? Um, you know, can he wash his hands for the rest of his life to get into his house? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe he's saying, look, I don't feel controlled. I love her enough. This isn't codependency. It's not that big a deal to wash my hands. So I'm going to do that, but maybe not. And, um, so maybe he'd have to step into it with her a little bit and have some conflict around or, or, you know, some contention around asking her to get some help so that he can stay in the relationship. Mm. Um, not, not that, Hey, screw you. I'm never washing my hands, but it won't work for me to continue to, to enable you in this way and to continue to, to feed your anxiety by by going along with some of this stuff it won't work and as long as i know that you're moving forward and that you're addressing this then i can stay right Mm -hmm. so but if not maybe i can't and that's my boundary i'm not going to stay in an abusive relationship i love myself enough to to be honest with you about that and so it's the same thing with the betrayed and and the addicted right pretty interesting okay one last question is porn abuse what do you mean is can, can you is uh porn i don't know by watching porn abu- porn yeah if, if you porn? go and look at porn are you abusing your partner what do you guys think or the people you're looking at object right uh-huh. what, do, what do you guys think well it's certainly objectifying the 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 person who was being exploited right yeah you're turning I mean, them into an uh, into an object completely yeah. completely um it's not for. I mean, it's not forceful controlling, though, right? Is it right? Because it's a choice, right? Some. I mean, obviously, some of it's sex trafficking. So I guess there's the two sides. Okay. If I this is actually a really good question. So if now, I if I go look at porn, am I abusing my wife? Okay, that that's the question. Yeah. Okay. So um, so let me just kind of walk through this, right? I view porn and. The, the viewing of the porn um, maybe can be abusive if it's reenacted Did with you, a partner. You just said, I view porn, and then you just kind of stop there. You're <laughs> saying you just like regularly view porn? As I view The secret porn, is out. Right? I know, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> just, just every day a little bit. <laughs> I didn't even realize I said that, actually. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh, but if I view porn and then I, and then I try to reenact what I have seen with my partner in a um, coercive and forceful way. Oh yeah. Could by by extension, then could you say that porn is abusive with my partner? Well, that's I mean that's sexual abuse of a person, right? Like let me force you to do something sexually. Yeah. Um. So porn can contribute to that, right? Right. But the, really, the question is: is just just by looking at porn, is that abusive? I mean, I, I haven't have we, have we actually thought, I, I haven't thought through that question right. before, honestly. Um, it's, you know, we're going to yield to the legend on this. <laughs> well, you know, in a relationship, if I, if I start viewing porn all the time and my partner's saying like, in order to be in a relationship with me, that really doesn't work. 
and I say, tough, get over it. Porn's my thing, right? Now, is she forcing me to um, not look at the porn and being abusive? No, she's telling what doesn't work for her. She's just being honest yeah. about her. These she, things would help if you didn't. Right. You, you can look at the porn if you want, but I'm not, I'm not going to be able to stay in this relationship if you're just okay with that and doing that all the time. Um, but if I, if I get really grumpy, really angry, really forceful with my defense of looking at that porn, um, then, then it, it turns into an abusive relationship, right? So, uh, in, in, you know, to be able to communicate with each other, work through these hard things together, porn is so, it drives shame so much. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it's, it's surrounded with shame. And so, Chances are if she brought up, hey, stop looking at porn, I would get nasty and I'd defend and I'd disconnect from her. So I would say porn use definitely contributes to abuse. Um, But I don't know if it is in and of itself abuse, right? So To 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 the partner. Yeah. So that's my opinion on it. It's really interesting. So this is, uh, I don't know. This is a super, I think, uh, hot topic. This is an important topic. This is an uncomfortable topic. And it's one that I think has to be addressed um, within each relationship. Uh, I guess one suggestion that I would have is if something in this episode has stirred you, uh, it's important to have a, a really frank conversation with your partner. And if there's question as to whether or not um, abuse is taking place, then I would highly suggest that you visit with your mental health professional um, to, to determine th- that, that point. Although, is it possible, Brandon, that, that even mental health professionals, even therapists might have varying uh, go, go to, if you're in a, in a domestic violence situation, go to a, a professional who specializes and understands domestic violence. Okay, um, that's good. Uh, you, you need that support. You need outside support to to get yourself out. Yeah. So, you know, and we want that. We want that for you. Everybody deserves. Don't tolerate. To be safe. Don't tolerate it. And 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 there is a way out. There's a way out for everybody. Um, you just need to to know how, and you need you, you need the tools to be able to to get out of it. So I, I've I've had clients with glass held up to their throat. They've been thrown across the wall drug around by their hair and and they go right back and have sex with him the next day um and 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 people think that's crazy why and and uh, as you as you meet with these women who are being abused you get it you know why they're going back and and they know that it's not okay but they're so scared and um please get help if you're in a situation like that and don't tolerate domestic violence you can do it Okay, guys, thanks for being here. Appreciate your support. Appreciate your uh, your listening. Love to have you rate and review the podcast. So uh, until next time, peace out. All right, see you guys. I want to invite you guys over to our premium site where you get in-depth content and access to us. We answer questions there for you, and you get interaction with like-minded people. To find that site, go ahead and click details and scroll to the bottom. You'll see the link to our Patreon site.